I don't have to be this strong, tough woman in order to like be successful in life. I also want to be a soft-spoken person. Yeah, and you do not have to suffer to succeed. Things happen to people differently and it's okay. It's okay. Sharing our stories, our experiences, our experiences. Mm-hmm. and we are not uh, editing anything. We really want to speak to, to the girl. To the girl. Welcome, welcome ladies to Chiniamboyu podcast. This is the Career Cafe series. I hope we're all excited and happy to be here. I'd like for us to describe what our career journey has been from tertiary education to now. Um, I think for me, I kind of knew I wanted to do things around human rights. And that was just a very encompassive part of it. I didn't know what exactly I wanted to do. But as I attended trainings, uh, career events, uh, met different mentors who just mentored me in high school and after high school, I just realized that is the path I wanted to take. So I went on to take uh, a course, Nutrition and Dietetics in, in campus. And for me, that wasn't just about I want to do nutrition because I understand that human rights is a very intersectional thing and regardless of where you're practicing it it's, you still have to you will still practice human rights for example you want to do social inclusion you can do social inclusion in people's nutrition in people's health in people's um sexual orientation or gender identity so it's a very intersectional part and i just knew i wanted to do things around human rights regardless of the field that i would land in yeah so for me, what I could say I've known, I've always wanted to do is communication. So growing up, I was really interested in writing. And at first I toyed with the idea of being an author and like trying to write books and such stuff. Because remember in primary school, how we used to read the pesetas, the African books. And from those stories, I really got interested in writing and how authors from across Africa were were sharing or like drafting interesting stories of different African like experiences and such stuff. And so with that, uh, that drew me towards writing. And I remember there's a time I even tried writing my own book in class seven. And with writing comes writer's block and such stuff. And so I paused it for a while. But getting into campus, at first I thought I was interested in doing media, the whole TV stuff and being in front of TV. But when it got to the practicals, I realized, you know what, this is not for me. So then I sat and I had a moment of soul searching and realized, you know what, I've loved writing since back then. And if I still want to be in communication and like be in the communication field, why not just utilize my strengths in writing? And so I ended up changing my concentration in campus and that led me to where I am right now, which is communication by like the print media aspect of it. So I still get to write and I still get to communicate in a way that doesn't involve me being in front of TV or being in radio. But then again, I'm, an, I'm in a podcast right now. <laughs> well. I guess I'm part of the team that can say no. No, I did not know what I wanted to do. And no, I do not think, no, if that's what I want to do right now. But I'm enjoying the journey. So 
So, okay, I don't believe that you need to know what you want to do because the only thing that is inevitable is change and we change all the time. So maybe what I wanted to do in the first year of college isn't what I wanted to do in the fourth year of college, which meant then that the course I did was relevant to my <laughs> life plan and which meant that afterwards I went and did another course and I found that it was interesting. But again, it wasn't what I wanted to do with my life. And so I went again to school and did another course and here I am doing something different. No, I will not tell you that I know that this is the path I'll take, but this is where my life is at right now and I'm okay with that. Thank you, ladies. One thing that's coming, a few things are coming out from you, Sharon. I'll also share mine. But before that is that there are those who know and there are those who do not immediately know and that you could know, but uh, there are moments uh, along the journey that you realize, okay, maybe it's not what what I know. It doesn't have to be exactly that. Uh, we can, you're picking a few things here and there and discovering that there are other interests you have that you're actually more passionate about. So for me, I actually, I also did not know, or rather I knew, but it was something very different. Uh, at about the age of 10, I wanted to be Miss World Kenya. <laughs> wow, that's interesting. <laughs> so it was that... Uh, advertising, being in a commercial here and there, uh, and then uh, participated in uh, fashion shows, mm. or rather one. I like how I said shows, but hey. Uh, <laughs> and then you go to uni and there's the warnings you get, the unwanted uh, criticisms to your dream, if I might say. Uh, how do you go about it? At times you're very young, at times you're very dependent on this individuals who have such high opinions of what you should do and believe you should actually listen and follow through and to be honest it's it could be informed by their own experiences and they want the best for us but how do you handle all that and still stay true to your passion and will i think for me i was can i say i was lucky to have parents who really have given me autonomy to just make my decisions that gave me the independence at a very young age because I started to do projects when I was 14. We did group projects together with my other teammates. So for me, I can never say that someone came up and decided that I should do this or that. So it has always been I am independent and every journey that I take, I appreciate it. I embrace it. And then if I make mistakes, I will start over again. So it has never been a descriptive way of uh, my career. Um, I relate to what she said as well. My mom is very supportive of my career path and all the decisions that I've made leading towards my career path. She understands that it's where it's where I'm strongly suited at and also she's the type to support you at whatever you are interested in and whatever you want to go after. So with that support, it has helped me feel confident about the decisions that I'm making career-wise. And also, even when I decided to change my concentration, she was very open about it and she was so supportive about it. And so that has really helped me in understanding what I want. And also knowing that you have that support is very important because it boosts your confidence, knowing that someone has got your back no matter what kind of decision you make. And also, it makes it, you are also not afraid to make mistakes. I'm really grateful to have had that support. I would say it was partly, because the first time I changed um, courses or I decided that, um, right after I did um, university, 
right after I finished, I got a job, like an okay job using the course that I had done. And so when I got it, everybody was excited and they're like, hey, got a job. But I didn't like it. I hated it. I couldn't stand it. I did not understand what, why I was there in the first place. And so when I decided to change, everybody was like, it's okay. You should do what you love. And that was okay the first time. And then three years later, three, four years after that, after I'd actually changed to a completely other career, I came back and said, I also don't like this one. And it turned into, oh, you're, you're not, you're very flighty. And you don't know what you want to do. And adults know what they want to do. And I kept asking myself, why? Like, people have changed when they're 60, so why is it different for me? And so it begged the question where some people are supportive, where your parent wants to be supportive, but now they've gotten scared. So, yes. (laughs) I think it's important also to let our listeners know that support could be in various forms, right? financial support, emotional support, could be from a guardian, from a parent, from a friend or a relative, whoever is your support system fits in this. And then change, to be brave and make the changes you you feel are important to you and aligns to your purpose as you strive to find it, right? So are we, all, are we ever brave to say, let me pause and stop moving to reflect on what I wanted to be. Are we? Do we feel we're allowed to? I don't think we're allowed to. I think we're, it's assumed that you knew when you were 10 that you wanted to be a pilot. And when you go to college, you're supposed to actually go knowing that, oh, I'm going to do this course. Cause, and our system does not allow people to actually discuss these things because by the time you go and you picked maybe a job, whatever course you take is usually what you do. And it's a very difficult process to just break that, like just change it or change schools or courses. It's such a difficult process. So people will do whatever they're given. And then they'll say, after university, I'll see what I'll do. I think uh, school aside and also the support from parents aside, how the economy is right now. You don't even have time to think, oh, this is not the right career path for me. or oh, I'm in the wrong career path right now. With the economic hardships that come come in once you leave campus, it makes it really hard to try and even take a step back and think, am I really doing the right thing, what I wanted to do? Um, yes, I totally agree. And we have talked um, at Bravery, uh, are we allowed to be brave? For me, that is the question. Are we allowed to be brave? Like, can you just sit and say, okay, this is what I want and this is what I am going to pursue. Sometimes you don't even allow yourself to be brave because you're thinking from a certain kind of way. There's a certain kind of way you want your life to look like. You want to please your parents. You want to please your family. So you just stay in that box and you don't allow yourself to be brave and explore other career options or things that you would like to pursue in your career. Allow me then to move us from that to you're you're in this space now. It could be the box, it could be what you wish to, but you're in a space where you're you have deliverables. You are looked upon as a professional. Whichever color job it is. What was it that surprised you the most? Yeah, what was that for you? I, I think for me would be, I'll, I'll put it as a lesson which I've come to learn, is that you need, I think you tr- trust your gut. Trust your gut. Not People are not there to necessarily hold you every step of the way. 
And at times they can preach for you to be to bring yourself to the plate and do what feels right, but really that's not the case. And there are hard lessons there that you learn. So how to read the room, how to read the room. And as you read it, know that your assumptions could be entirely false. So lean on your gut to navigate that. But also don't feel shy to ask one or two. Yeah, that that was that was rough. (laughs) That was really rough for me. I think for me, it's people or colleagues will not always be receptive to questions. So yes, and 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 for me, I was just resilient in the sense that if I do not know what I am doing, I will ask. It doesn't matter if you will want to answer me or not. I will just ask because then if I do not know, I do not know. So what do I do? I need to ask. But people will not always be receptive to your questions. Yes. You may not see us, but we're snapping our fingers mm. in the background. <laughs> what I could say is, in that uh, state and like during that period, uh, I managed to realize you need to prioritize your mental health over work. It's really important because there's no need to be in a space where you're struggling mentally, and then you know when when it affects you mentally, it starts affecting you physically as well. Because now you're getting drained. The work is draining the life out of you. So what I learned from that first experience is just learning to prioritize my mental health over work. The first job I got, goodness, it was hair being a very positive word to use. It was worse than that. It was new. I could not understand. I learned that I am there for someone to use me to get profit. When you're in the workplace, you're you're a resource, not a person, not a human being. You're just a resource like a table or a chair. So you're to be used. So for me, it taught me to keep quiet. Yeah. So that's what I learned the first time. Where you go and you're told to be very open, you know, say what you need. I learned to be quiet because the repercussions of you speaking your mind are worse. So that was my first lesson when I was 19 and I got my first job. I think it would be best if those who've been before create better spaces for the, those who are coming. So then we, we stop having stories of my first experience was a terrible experience. I feel like we have this, um, maybe as human beings, we want people to also feel the pain we felt. Because mm-hmm. I've had that where yeah. someone tells me, I also yeah. went through and I made it. It makes you stronger. And yeah. makes you appreciate it more. Yeah. But I don't want to be stronger. I just want to... Like, why do I have to go all through these things to be stronger? Right. Like, why can't I just be a delicate human being? You know? And good at your job. Exactly. I don't have to be this strong, tough woman in order to, like, go through life and, like, be successful in life. I also want to be a soft-spoken person and, like, be delicate and be gentle. And nurturing. Why can't they be nurturing? And navigate the workspace. Yes. You don't need to have all this aggressive, um, angry sort of leadership style to win. You do not. Yeah, and you do not have to suffer to succeed. (laughs) Hashtag facts. (laughs) Yes. You do not have to suffer to succeed. That that one is... I think that's going to be our tagline. Yes. (laughs) 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 Yes, yes. Oh my goodness. Uh, let's think about the ladder. You could be on the same step 
with people they, they, they have not necessarily been like got ahead of you or whatnot but we are still that to each other we're still mm-hmm. just because is it that you were here a month before a week before but at times even amongst us as peers in that in these respective spaces like there's this competitiveness that's not healthy I, I, I call it out. I, it's not healthy. There's nothing mm. about that that's healthy. And it's not sustainable. It's not. it's not a sustainable way of working. And it's not productive. Yeah. But how do you handle when it's amongst you and people are keen to to just be that, to show their, to not, I don't know, this sisterhood, is it? Do we mm. just call it? Mm. Is there sisterhood in workspaces? Not always. And, and, and I think when you see that you're being disrespected, because I have been in spaces where, because I, I am this age, people think you should not be here because you're young and you be all of us here are 30 plus years old, so you shouldn't be here. Or people feel like uh, I should not have a say and I ask too much questions. For me, I just call it out. I am like, please don't do this. Never talk about my age when it's not necessary. Do not say this to me. This is my preferred name. This is my preferred pronouns. Just don't say it. And if it continues, because there are people who just want to continue disrespecting you, because that's disrespect, yeah? Just, I usually just talk to my manager because you can only intervene to a certain point. And if the disrespect continues, you have to take action. Yeah. Having that voice to speak it out. Yes. To call it out, sorry. Mm. To be honest, it's something that I'm currently struggling with. The being in a space where like the peer-to-peer conflict is happening and like trying to navigate it and still ensuring that you are doing what brought you to work despite all this drama that's going on in the background. And sometimes you know you don't want to come off as you're complaining too much or like you're the one who's constantly being picked at. So it makes it hard, honestly, to just try and see how to navigate and come out of that conflict. Because at the end of the day, we are colleagues, but then you still you still get to meet friends or like important people in the workplace that your life will be more than work. But I got this. You do. Yes, I got this. And I'll do. come out of it. Mm-hmm. You know? So, you and will. when I come out of it, I'll be back for episode two and say, I came out of it. Yes, so. yes, <laughs> yes, yes. What do we wish we were told five years ago? And what would you like to tell yourself two years from now? And as you say that, think of someone who's in, maybe perhaps some of the experiences we've shared here, we've already gone past them and not living through them. So think about that there are those people who are there at that moment. What would you like to say? I think what I'd tell myself five years ago is that um, just uh, go through those steps, you know? The small things that you do will build up um, your career. I didn't know that the internship I did or the volunteer work that I did or the projects that I did when I was 14, when I was 17 would help me to be the person that I am today. So I would tell myself to just trust the process and the steps that I, I am taking are very important. What I'd tell myself two years from now is still the same thing because I think a career or, or a successful career, however you decide to, to, to define that as, is really about the small things that you do every day. Yeah. I think what I would tell myself five years back, you're doing a great job. 
what does it, and it's it, and it's the same thing I would tell myself like I'll address to myself two years to come you're still doing a great job you're good at what you do be confident in yourself and you've got this it's a heavy question yeah, eh? it's a very heavy question maybe <laughs> I, I tell her it does not get easier you get stronger yeah it, it does not get easier you're the one who gets stronger that's what I tell her five years ago and what would I tell her five years from now it's okay if you want to change again yeah It's what I tell her. It's okay. You'll change again and again. And you know what? It's okay. Because it's inevitable. I would tell myself five years ago, be present in the decisions you're making. Whether they're being made for you or you're the one who's actually making them. Because at times, we are at times fortunate not to have to make hard decisions. And so you roll with the, you, you go with the flow. Which, which is, I'm not saying is a bad thing, don't get me wrong, but you need to be present and take charge of the path you're following uh, because it can easily just, uh, in the process of learning and wanting to help to receive and learn from people, you could easily pick up bad things and bad habits that change who you are and what your values are. So know you and, and know your limits. And five years from now, I would tell myself, or even two, be bold and it's okay. You don't, you don't owe anyone. As long as you're doing your best and you feel it's time to, to move, or that's the change that we're talking about, be it whoever they are or in whichever place they hold in your family. Just, it's okay. Do you, do you. Just be respectful and honorable about it. And noble, right? You're not just, you're, you're not there for your own selfish gains and that is that and our tagline could we all speak to what our tagline is for this you don't have to suffer to be successful mm-hmm. hashtag Join. facts hashtag drops <laughs> mic thank you thank you ladies <laughs>